in your face. Absolutely delighted to have Zach Callahan on the line. Their show, Queer as Flux, is going to be happening at TheatreWorks for midsummer. Zach, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me, James. It is a really brilliant production looking at our queer ancestors and trans ancestors who've kind of come before us and you kind of immerse yourself in it, yeah? Yeah, so I was looking at who has gone before us to enable and uh, pave the way, if you like, for us to do what we do. And it was really about honouring honouring those people, both queer ancestors, transcestors, and also I talk about the um, not-so-queer ancestors as well who, who did their best. And I love that term, transcestor. It's so great. Mm, yeah, thank you. It just popped into my head. Tell us about some of the specific people that you, that you visit. So uh, I play, uh, it's a one-person show, and my drag queen fairy godmother is political, as in political, and so throughout the piece we go through time and space kind of marking key moments in my own personal life, particular years, and what was happening within the LGBTQ kind of communities at that time. So we go from Stonewall, not that I was born there, I'm much younger than that, James, Um, but we go from different points throughout that time, uh, throughout my life, and we see Stonewall, we see the birth of camp in Australia, uh, we see the first Mardi Gras parade in 78, uh, and just kind of progress our way through there. Wow. So what's it like for you kind of looking at your own life, but then looking at these milestone moments in queer history as well and kind of making links? What's that like for you, putting all that together? Yeah, so I was born in 1971, so that was the birth of um, CAMP, which is C-A-M, the Campaign Against Moral Persecution in Sydney. I was at one of the first protests um, in Australia. And to realise that I was born, particularly in Queensland, at a time when Joe Bjorki-Peterson had just come into power, and he was in power for the first 18 years of my life. So in Queensland, uh, the there was no really uh, queer or trans particularly or anything gay that was even allowed. It was very much a very anti-queer uh, sort of state to, to grow up in. So there wasn't really any representation. So to really look around the rest of Australia and overseas and to see what was going on there, you could kind of see why this little baby queer was, you know, struggling to sort of find their way throughout. We, we kind of say if uh, you can't be what you can't see. So if there's no representation of that or it's all very anti queer or anti-trans, it's like, oh, hang on, is that something I can be? Is it safe for me to be that? Uh, But in all of that, in saying all of that, it's an incredibly positive, life-affirming show, which is really important for me. I mean, we often think of, you know, our own personal stuff as, you know, being what kind of creates us as queer folks, and that is true, but you also have to look at the socio-political environment that we, you know, have grown up as well and how that has really impacted on us, you know, because who leads the country or who leads the state Mm. and what their attitudes are have such an impact. It matters. Absolutely, absolutely. If if you cannot see any positive representations of what it means to be uh, part of the LGBTQ community, then it's like, well, I I don't know that I can be that. Am I allowed to be that? Uh, What will happen if I'm that? Uh, and I, you know, I came out at 17, 18, uh, and this was, I was assigned female at birth, and so I kind of, it marks the transition from identifying as gay to lesbian to dyke 
to, oh, can I be trans? Have I missed the boat? Uh, can I be trans in Queensland? I know if I moved to Melbourne, I could be, but definitely not in Brisbane. You know, that's that's just not possible. It just seems a world away from what I was allowed to be. Uh, and I couldn't afford it. And so it sort of looks at, you know, all of those sorts of things as well. So I'm someone who's transitioned quite late in life, um, having you know thought, oh, have I missed the boat? Is, is still an opportunity for me. Uh, but really having seen not just you know, the queer transestors from Stonewall or Mardi Gras, or, but, but really looking at young people today and going, oh, okay, this is not a thing. This is not even an issue for them. And it's so amazing. important to have a trans man on the stage, you know, exploring yeah. his life, but also, you know, giving us those societal markers as well and, and kind of educating the audience. But representation matters. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So it felt like for me to really tell my story, I had to honour the people and also the, the animals. It also has um, animals within the, the show as well. I play my parents at different stages and I'm looking at the universality of transitioning. What are those transitional moments in our life where we get to a choice point where we could choose this or that? And I'm very much about, you know, choices lead to consequences. So you can really see in different scenes, and each scene is uh, named after a sort of queer song title. Um, you can see that these were pivotal moments in my life where I was at a choice point and either a society or a family member or an animal or some experience enabled me or stopped me from making a certain choice. It sounds like an incredibly physical production. I've seen the photos. I've seen the mm. video. Um, yeah. You are going for it for the whole show. Like, you really yeah. must have to prepare physically for it. Yeah, it's a 75-minute one-person show where I'm obviously playing multiple characters. So I've been training super hard to make sure I'm fit and strong enough to be able to do what I do in the show. I have a circus background, but that was from 20 years ago where I had a injury that um, is in the show. Uh, so I've really spent a lot of time in the build-up for this show. And this is the fourth production of it. Um, last year, we did it at the Sydney Opera House. The year before that, we did it in Perth at the Blue Room Theatre. And the year before that, it was at the Melt Festival at Brisbane Powerhouse. So it's, it's a really beautifully well-established show. Uh, when I first uh, did the first version of the show in Brisbane, it was pre-transition. So the show itself continues to transition as I transition. Wow, that's quite a mm. metaphor, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. It sounds like the show has incredible relatability for the audience, not just for a trans audience, but for that mm. broader audience, you know, anyone who grew up in Joe Bjorki Pearson's Queensland, <laughs> anyone that was, you know, in any other part of the country watching the shenanigans on the news every night, you know, like... An, can and relate. Just, yeah, can absolutely relate. And also with all of my... This is my fourth one-person show that I've written and performed myself. For all of them, I really try to think about, well, how could... And at the time, it was like my 12-year-old nephew and my 80-year-old grandmother, you know, see this show. So how can it appeal to everybody so that it's uh, challenging in a way, but also it's enlightening, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, it's connecting, it's heartfelt so that any age can see it and relate to it in some way or another. And the thing about the universality of transitioning, we all do it. We don't have to be queer or transgender in order to transition. People transition from uh, not a mother to a mother or from 
you know, uh, uh, a job transition or a health, major health transition. So what I've really loved about the audience responses to it is it doesn't matter what letter of the LGBTQI plus alphabet you are, there's something in it for everyone there. But also if you're not queer, there's also something, there's an appeal there because we all transition. And one of one of my favourite audience members, actually, she came four times to the Perth season. She's a mum in PFLAG and um, her uh, child is trans and she came and checked it out for herself first, then brought her 14-year-old uh, child to come and see the show and then came in with other people and brought two more, like came for two more seasons of it. So she just kept bringing people and going, everybody needs to see this show. So that was really heartwarming. It was lovely. That is beautiful, and that really kind of, you know, just underscores what a great community education um, production Queer as mm. Flux is. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I like to think that it really um, brings out the best in all of us, you know, that you can actually see one person's autobiographical journey, relate to it, and also be inspired to make choices for yourself, whatever they are, uh, that are, are actually leading you to becoming a more authentic version of yourself, to feel more empowered, to feel in your body more, and to really feel like your life aligns with who it is that you're here to be. I want to go back to a point you made before because I feel like you really nailed it. You know, all of our lives are full of transitions. You mm. know, they're all challenging. Many of them are challenging. You know, they're hard. Um, yeah. People react differently to them, sometimes not so well, but they're vital mm. to keep us going as, as human beings. That's really important to remember, I think, in the current climate when there's so many, so much hysteria sometimes about the trans mm. community. Oh, We're just absolutely. humans. And and also, this isn't something new. You know, that's a big part of the show as well. Transitioning isn't some new fad. Top surgery isn't some new fad. You know, people have been modifying their bodies for thousands and thousands of years. You know, it's just that mainstream society are starting to become more aware of it and wanting to police it. You know, I think that's the main thing is it's like if we can't control these people, then what happens? Because I think, you know, we, we can see that there have been... Uh, there's been a lot more progress in terms of same-sex marriage or just basic human rights on a queer kind of level, but trans people are still being left behind in that, particularly overseas, but even here as well. So, you know, there's a in within the show, uh, Polly Tickle, she quotes a lot of um, different people, and there's a quote from uh, a woman called Emma Lazarus, which is, "Until we are all free, we are none of us free." And so for me, that speaks to, you know, obviously today is a very important day. So it speaks to um, colonisation. It speaks to trans people. It speaks to uh, climate crisis. It speaks to animal welfare. So until we really look at all of us on this planet together and have compassion and kindness for everyone and everything, then we're going to keep getting stuck, I think. Really important to remember that in this authoritarian climate as well, where it's not just mm. trans people's bodies that are being policed, but, you know, reproductive rights are being policed yeah. as well. And I think that, you know, it's it's no coincidence that the increase in that is happening at a time of increased authoritarianism. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I think there's a, there's a beautiful book, not a beautiful, but a great book I read called The Pink Line, which was really talking about how capitalism and um, colonisation and the right-wing sort of Christian or religion in general uh, have really pushed back, particularly against trans people, as more queer rights are sort of getting through or LGBT, uh, 
LBG, too many letters, uh, and queer rights rather than trans are getting through. And it's like, well, the pink line is, well, we have to stop it here. Now, trans people will become the scapegoat or they're going to be, we're really going to double down on this. Zach, Queer as Flux, you said it was your fourth one-man show. That's extraordinary. Yeah, I've been uh, performing one-person shows since 1994, uh, and I have a body of work that has really explored transitioning really in lots of different ways, uh, but gender, gender and sexuality, each of them have explored that in some way or another. It's explored autonomy. They've been highly physical. Um, So I do have a really uh, substantial body of work that I'm really proud of that I've really consistently, you know, gone back to over the last, it'll be 28 years since I did my first one probably. Uh, And it really feels like it's a through line that I just keep, unpacking more and exploring more and so the the depth of this show really uh is the result of having done all of that previous work and in that um leah mercer my director we went to uni together we've been friends for 30 years so she has been with me throughout this whole journey of life from me you know first coming out as gay as lesbian um like becoming a dyke and then identifying as queer and then exploring transitioning. And so, you know, to have that level of somebody who's directing the show and who has directed previous shows of mine as well to really have her um, expert eye and also her love and compassion going into the direction is, is been really, yeah, I think it's created something really special. It is a special show. It's called Queer as Flux. It's happening for Midsummer at TheatreWorks, commencing January the 30th and running till the 3rd of February. Zach Callahan, it's been a joy to chat with you today on 3CR. Yeah, you too, James. Thanks so much. In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook.